Joy News Prime Headlines is brought to you by... Don't take risks. Use a condom every time. And thanks to Malatu, I kicked out Malaya one time. Some spices. Yes, I can. And in our bulletin today, health alert as residents of North and South Tongue in the Volta region resort to using polluted water as a devastation caused by spilled waters leave the taps dry. Highly pol- uh, polluted. They have to come to our aid. Um, we went for a meeting on Sunday and then the MP suggested we use the Agohome uh, dam. That one, they, they will be able to sterilize it. Meanwhile, Doma East MP urges Speaker of Parliament to recall the House to immediately convene and offer support to flood victims in the Volta region. As a parliamentarian, I, I, I believe that Parliament will, will reconvene as soon as possible for us to quickly um, maybe go there to see things out and also, if possible, see what we can do to help them in difficult times like this. Also, Ghana Bar Association questions government's approach to the fight against Galamse as they charge government to go after corrupt politicians who are the kingpins of the legal mining menace. The government must be honest and bold and fish out this evil axis of powerful interest, engage in a wanton destruction of our environment and deal with them decisively, irrespective of the status or political background of the individuals involved. We have details as the association says the fight against corruption under this government has been lethargic on some occasions. Government, political leadership and key stakeholders to show more political will and integrity in decisively dealing with the Kalamse menace. At 8 p.m. I hand over to Emma Davis to bring you prime business. And President Ekufuado is optimistic of hitting a single target digit inflation before the end of his tenure. Yeah, and this bulletin passport. My name is Samuel Kojo Brace. We're live on DSTV Channel 421, GoTV Channel 125, and around the world on MajoyOnline.com. We are your home of independent, fearless, and credible journalism. Please see for details. Prime Headlines was brought to you by... Don't take risks. Use a condom every time. And thanks to Malatu, I kicked out Malaya one time. Some spices. Yes, sir. Now, there's danger ahead for thousands of residents in parts of the water region affected by the floods caused by spilled waters. From the Akosombo Dam, as some of the displaced persons resort to the polluted water for some of their chores. Fear of cholera outbreaks and other waterborne diseases is imminent. Now, the Queen Mother of Sokwe in the North Tong district of the Volta region, Mamaga Ajesu, is worried the community shows signs of infections and there could be an outbreak soon if the water concern is not addressed immediately. Water is highly pol- uh, polluted. They have to come to our aid. Um, we went for a meeting on Sunday, and then the MP suggested we use the Agohome uh, dam. That one, they, they will be able to sterilize it. 
He mentioned some chemicals that is supposed to be bought by the VRA so that they will be able to be opening the tap like intermediately. But as we are, I'm speaking now, the tap is still not flowing. And for weeks now, we don't have flowing water. We need to drink. We need to bath. We need to wash. We need to cook. What water are we going to use for all those kind of activities? It is a hindrance to us. We thank God that we haven't had any casualty of death. But what I know is there are snakes and then other kind of distant in the water. Some even when they touch your skin, the worms and then and then it wouldn't have effect now. Maybe after some time before they will see the effect. My fear is maybe after this, then the sicknesses will come up because when you drink it right now, you will not have effect. But for weeks or months before the effect will start coming up. Uh, District Chief Executive for North Town Divine Apenu tells my colleague Winston Amwa that the local health authority is collaborating with personnel from the Ghana Medical Association to undertake screening of all those affected by the flooding in the communities. Uh, currently, we have people, you know, about 14 cities across the, the district. And uh, the, the point of view is that uh, leaving your home and then uh, Moving to a different place, definitely there will be some form of discomfort. But I think that uh, we, we are managing the situation very well with assistance of the Ghana uh, Health Service and all that stakeholders. Let's, let's focus on the health impact. So far, how are you dealing with that? We, we, we've been able to uh, establish this uh, mobile clinic and uh, most of the and the screening has started. Some medical staff are, are, are placed there. We, we, we have also created an isolation center at the Battle Kali Hospital to take out those who might need to be uh, isolated. Or, so it, it's going well. Yesterday, the Ghana Medical Association and some other, in a sense, some medical team who are joining the team currently to ensure that all the CVVs have medical team. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, one, one challenge that started initially was that uh, uh, people did not have their constituent cars have been washed away and all that. So, the directive has come and uh, we are treating them free now and uh, things are going on smoothly. Uh, the information I picked from the health director this morning uh, it, it indicates that uh, they've been directed to do screening for everybody. Uh, so they will start this morning uh, at the various uh, services. Mm. Uh, do you have enough relief items? Are you able to reach all of these persons in these safe havens? Yeah, so we currently we, we are giving enough uh, relief items to our people. Here at the assembly where we have the emergency operations center working together with the district disaster management team. Uh, that is where we receive all official uh, donations that come. Uh, I must say that Mokwe is the hardest hit to do. Now, MPP Member of Parliament for Doma East, Paul Chimberma, is calling on the Speaker of Parliament to urgently reconvene Parliament so that the House can offer strong support to victims of the floods in Avota and other regions. For almost two weeks now, several communities in the Avota region have been submerged.
blowing the spillage of the Akosombo Dam. According to Paul Chimberma, the house should be recalled so that it can offer support to the victims who are in dire need of help. Obviously, um, over 26,000 people have been displaced. Uh, it's quite a lot. Uh, I, I, I hope we, we can quickly um, attend to their needs. Uh, as a parliamentarian, I, I believe that Parliament will, will reconvene as soon as possible for us to quickly um, maybe go there to see things out and also, if possible, see what we can do to help them in difficult times like this. So I think I will call on all um, meaningful Ghanaians who have the world that have the, the means to support um, their fellow people at this time. This is a time that you should show your true citizenship. It's not the time that we are going to flounder with and all that. This is a time that we want to see the Ghanaian in you. This is a time what we say, be a citizen, not a spectator. This is when it comes to play. So I will urge um, all my colleagues and other people to see how we can all come in together. Myself, I'm putting myself together to make sure that I think one radio station is doing some support and we will see how we can put, add uh, our support to them and, and, and help our, our colleagues. It's unfortunate, um, but we always say that, I mean, uh, we give thanks to God for not taking out their lives, but rather preserving them for us. But let's see how we will come together to ensure that these people are properly reinstated uh, or um, we are able to bring them back to their, um, their normal state. I think it is important because we're waiting for 31st. Obviously, there are a lot of people sleeping out. There are a lot of people who have nothing to eat. There are a lot of people who are drinking bad water. So it is important we, we reconvey as soon as possible to take decision on how we have to re, um, support these people. So obviously, an emergency sitting is not out of place. And if it's possible, I, I support such a call. Now, on course for the president to declare a state of emergency, Paul Chumberma believes the government must be allowed to assess the situation and take that decision. I think the Interior Ministry will have to give us a proper assessment to see if we are there yet. And uh, at this point, the, the, uh, if you look at the Interministerial Committee that has been set up, it's a high-powered delegation, and therefore it's a high-powered committee, and therefore I think it's important that we allow them also to do their things and see where they can take us. Let's take you to one of the safe havens now, Azizania, where my colleague Carlos Colomi is standing by. Carlos, so throughout the day, you've been with the vice president's team. Uh, what can you report for us as of this time that we're speaking to you? All right, Bray. So we are currently at Azizania DA uh, Business School in Adan East District, uh, one of the centers uh, that is actually being used as a safe haven for uh, flood victims from four communities. Azizape, Keuno, among others. And this particular center is holding about 395 persons, including these kids that you can see in your picture. A number of kids are here, and as you can see, this is their condition. And those I've been speaking to have been telling me since this incident started and they've been holding them here. They've not been able to go to school. And so I'll be speaking with this woman here to tell her details. So how long have you been here? From Saturday, uh, Sunday. Sunday we have, we have come here. So is it five days now? We have here. 
So we see the number of people here, 395. Do you have enough space to sleep? Yes, please. We are sleeping. Okay. And how is this situation affecting you going to school? Through the way um, from I go to the school, there is flood over the soul. Yesterday, when I'm coming to school, I have to remove my shoe and socks before crossing the water and come to school to learn. And yesterday, when uh, the rain falls through, there is a lot of flood in, on our park. So after school, I have to remove my things again and fold my dress before crossing the water. So you are currently at this center, but you are still going to school in your community? Yes, please. No, not in my community. At uh, this place, okay. at the for RC Basic. Okay, all right. Thank you. So, Brace, uh, as you can see, these are the victims, the flood victims in the Adan East District. And this is Azizanya. These are live pictures. And these are the conditions of the people. A lot of children here. And But the good news is that the Volta River Authority has just donated some medical supplies to them. And as you can see in your short, uh, some uh, fruit juice and biscuits are going to be shared to uh, these uh, kids here. And they have been uh, raising concerns also about their safety with regards to mosquito bite and all that. You can see this young one in your short there. And many of them here, 395 at Azizanya DA Primary School uh, in the uh, Adan East District. This is one of the many safe havens across the eight affected district. This is just one of them. So this mirrors the situation uh, across these uh, eight district, uh, part in the water region, part also in the eastern region. So, Brace, that is the picture. And if you look at the extreme there, you see a number of them, uh, women, children, the aged, and some with babies, all of them here carrying their babies, as you can see in your picture. So, that is the story, Brace, from Azizanya DA oh. Business School. Carlos, here at, you, you at, made uh, mention East of district. mosquito bite. What about the supply or distribution of mosquito nets? Indeed, so they have been saying that they have been supplied with some mosquito coils. Uh, but the fact that the rooms are not that spacious and they don't have what it takes to hold this mosquito net, they have resorted to the use of the uh, mosquito coils. And so that is a bit of a challenge to them, which is actually exposing them to, uh, you know, mosquito bites. So I would want you to briefly look at uh, the situation so you can appreciate the uh, conditions here. So this is one of the rooms where they sleep. And you can see, uh, even though you can see some mosquito nets there, largely across this particular room, which is serving as their sleeping place, they do not have the luxury to fix a mosquito net. So they heavily are relying on these uh, uh, mosquito coils uh, in order to sleep. But still, according to them, if you know, this place is very close to the sea. And so they say they still face uh, the issue of mosquito bite, which is exposing them to a lot of danger. So this is the picture from Azizanya Basic School, Brace. Wow. All right. Uh, grateful. Uh, 
I mean, let's extend support to them as much as we can. Still on this, to alleviate the suffering of farmers in the Volta region who have lost their farms to the floods, the Minister of Food and Agriculture has announced a swift intervention plan. The Minister of Agriculture says he has directed that $40 million of the World Bank-funded Food Systems Resilience Program be restructured to support the farmers. Mr. Chanko, who spoke to my colleague Samuel Mbura after his presidential conference on youth in agriculture under planting for food and jobs program at the University of Ghana, however, indicated that a flood will not trigger any food crisis in the country. All witness the uh, destruction of, of property uh, in, the, in, the, in the region. I don't have um, the facts if any lives have been uh, lost yet. But certainly one fact that has been reported to me is a massive destruction of uh, 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 farm assets uh, along the uh, Volta River. It is our duty as Ministry of Agriculture to restore these people. We have a program in-house called the Food Systems Resilience Program uh, funded by the World Bank and I have directed that they should restructure $40 million out of it to restore all the farmers in the Volta region, um, um, Volta region along the uh, river's path and in the eastern region, all those farmers have suffered uh, the devastation effect of the, of the spillage uh, of their farms. So $40 million has been committed to restore all the farmers along the uh, uh, river banks. That know, how is this going to be done? How soon is this going to take place? Well, uh, clearly we have to wait for the program of, uh, of um, uh, reducing the pressures of the dam to subside. We don't know how long it will take, but we believe that Clearly, if it takes a week or a month, whenever it, uh, the river subsides, we will go in, identify the farmers, restore them by uh, land development, giving them seeds, giving them fertilizers, giving them proper agronomic practices to restore them to where they were before the spillage. We need that food as part of our uh, food stock and we're going to do everything to ensure that farmers that have been affected by the uh, spillage are restored back to the situation before the spillage. Is this uh, flood igniting any fear of a possible I mean, food crisis in the country? We know in the Volta region they produce all manner of sepals as well as um, I mean, fish and different kinds of food for the basket in the country. What is your immediate worry as a ministry? The, the challenges that we are, we are facing there will not in any way cause a food uh, a shortage or food security situation for us. What is important for now is that uh, people have lost their farms, which is their livelihood, and as a government, as a ministry, we are going to take aggressive steps to restore them. But as to the effect on our food uh, situation, it will really not have any impact. We are good to go. Now to some other stories now, the Ghana Bar Association is questioning the approach adopted by the government to fight illegal mining menace, also known as Galamse. Attorney General Godfrey Yabu has been fighting the NDC, who have accused him of attempting to cover up for government officials and leading MPP members allegedly involved in illegal mining, following his report recommendation that no person mentioned in the Professor Fimpon Boateng Galamse report be prosecuted. But addressing a news conference earlier, President of Ghana Bar Association, Yao Achampombo, charged the government to target corrupt politicians and public officials who are bankrolling and profiting from Galamse. Please permit me to touch on the raging menace of illegal mining in Ghana. The harmful effects of Galamse are all around us. We cannot gloss over. 
land for the cultivation of staple food and cash crops have been affected. There are studies that Galamse is contributing to debt amongst children. Despite the efforts and assurance of, assurance of government to deal with the menace, there appears to be a general consensus that not much has been done to effectively and roundly deal with it. The GABA holds the view that a lot more can still be done to effectively deal with the menace. That poses a serious threat to our survival, especially in this period of climate change concerns. We call on government, political leadership, and key stakeholders to show more political will and integrity in decisively dealing with the Galamsee menace. This can be done if the real powers behind the Galamsee menace are identified and dealt with in accordance with law. Galamsee is a capital-intensive illegal activity. The heavy-duty equipment and other machinery and chemicals used in Galamsee cannot be afforded and purchased by the young men and women who get arrested on Galamsee sites. These hide hands are not the ones who grant entry permits into forest reserves. Galamsee can only thrive if powerful and influential persons in society are actively funding such menace. The reasonable and irresistible conclusion is that it is controlled and funded by a network of corrupt public officials, politicians, traditional rulers, and wealthy and powerful business interests. Indeed, we will be playing the ostrich with our future if we pretend as we are at the moment. The government must be honest and bold and fish out this evil axis of powerful interest, engage in a wanton destruction of our environment, and deal with them decisively irrespective of the status or political background of the individuals in, involved. If we refuse to act, the ravenous gluttony of our elite will completely destroy us as a nation. And the Ghana Bar Association, meanwhile, says the fight against corruption under President Ekufado has been lethargic on some occasions, urging President Ekufado to live up to his claims of protecting the public purse and recent attacks on the media and journalists. The Ghana Bar Association says political parties must call their supporters there is, no ben- there is no benefit in self-censorship of the media. However, our situation is not all doom and gloom. We should also report what is good about our nation, our democratic stability, hospitality, ingenuity in most fields of endeavor, both home and abroad. The GBA therefore joins the call for more responsibility, decency, restraint and circumspection on our airwaves. The media and programs they churn out should be healthy ones that promote peaceful coexistence, a real talk shop, a marketplace of ideas where opinions and superior alternatives are discussed and exchanged within an atmosphere of civility rather than platform used at outlets for ventilation of divisions, interpret language and beating of war drums. There is an account adage that says that whilst you advise the cat, you also advise the mouse. Inasmuch as we are asking our media outlets to be responsible, we are also calling on political parties and their activists to show restraint and tolerance. The idea that political um, party activists or anybody who does not like the programming content of a media house can go out there, vandalize and attack anybody belongs to the Stone Age. What we know is that there are many remedies available from um, the right to have a joinder to the NMC to the courts. So we condemn in no certain terms attacks on media um, personnel and media houses by political party activists. And we ask them, the political parties, to rein in their hot-headed activists. Our democratic experience has come thus far, and these things are inimical to our dispensation.
The Ghana Journalist Association has expressed dissatisfaction over the court's decision to impose what it describes as mega fines on party fanatics who invaded the studios of United Television two weeks ago. The 16 persons who invaded and halted the station's live program, demanding an MPP representation on the show, have been convicted by an Achimota High Court and fined 2,400 cities each. By speaking at a media briefing on the matter, the DJ says the fines are not deterrent enough. While commending the police and the court for, for the speedy prosecution and conviction, we are of the opinion that under the circumstances, and based on video evidence of the appearance on that fateful evening, the charges preferred against them were not far-reaching because their actions should have resulted in the investigation and attraction of the following charges. And I name them. One, unlawful entry. Two, routing. Three, routing with weapons. Four, assault and battery. Five, causing harm. Six, threat of harm. Seven, unlawful assembly. Eight, offensive conduct conducive to breach of the peace. Nine, forcible entry. And ten, allegedly carrying offensive weapons. The charges of conspiracy to commit crime and rioting, in our opinion, are inadequate soft-handed and minimalistic, to say the least. We acknowledge that the judge has the discretion of either imposing a custodial sentence or fine, which is also a form of punishment under our criminal jurisprudence, which may have, which may have informed the magistrate to opt for the imposition of a fine. It is our view that the option of fine imposed is not deterrent enough that may largely be due to the fact that the charge preferred by the police were not thorough enough. We believe if all the offenses mentioned above had been investigated and preferred against the tax, stiffer punishment would have been imposed on them than the fine of 200 penalty units each. We appeal to the judiciary to consider offenses against the media as aggravating offenses especially when these actions are premeditated because such actions have the tendency to put fear in the media leading to self-censorship and thus promoting the culture of silence which is inimical to the concept of media freedom and independence as guaranteed by the 1992 constitution of ghana This is still Johnny's Prime. We'll take a break. We'll be back, but still to come here, we have a special piece on the National Cathedral Project Secretariat, uh, which uh, has, you know, as, as we speak now, has come to a standstill. There's more after the break. We therefore pray that his hands will not be weary, but his hands will be strengthened. To execute this charge of Elohim, will receive divine enablement and fortification and stamina.
It feels like becoming an entrepreneur aside academics is never going to be possible when you're in school. Mainly because we feel that we are young and we don't have the resources and the guts to be one. But if you believe in yourself and you have the passion to become an entrepreneur, then you already are. Staying ahead in a highly competitive environment requires applying creativity and innovation to every aspect of your journey to becoming an entrepreneur. Presently, entrepreneurship is driven by creativity and innovation to attain business objectives. The explosion in technology, business, entrepreneurship and consumption in this new era is as a result of the ongoing application of innovation. Milton Bell once said, if opportunity doesn't knock, build a door. So, if you are ready to be an entrepreneur, Heritage Christian College is ready for you. Heritage Christian College moves you from a wantrepreneur to become an entrepreneur. About one-third of a million people live with HIV in Ghana. Close to 10,000 of them die each year, mostly as a result of a lack of antiretroviral drugs and adherence. In fact, close to 57% of children under 14 years living with HIV do not receive antiretroviral drugs, again as a result of inadequate funds to provide them with medication. Life expectancy for these children is grim. The big worry, close to 16,300 people are newly infected with HIV each year. With this alarming rate of HIV infections, all of us are in danger. And Ghana is headed for an epidemic explosion if nothing is done now to avert it. While the Ghana AIDS Commission is working hard to overturn the situation, the Commission urgently needs funding support from corporate Ghana and individuals to save lives. We're therefore appealing to you, corporate entities and individuals, to support the National HIV and AIDS Fund by dialing star 9898-HASH on MTN and Vodafone and follow the prompts or pay into the National HIV and AIDS Fund account number 101-863-161-3233, Bank of Ghana. Your donation will be used to prevent new infections and provide care for people living with HIV, including children affected by AIDS. For further information, please call Ghana AIDS Commission on 302 919260 or email info at ghana Give to save a life today. Ghana AIDS Commission partnering to eliminate HIV and AIDS. The malaria really knocked you down, eh? Fever, headache, vomiting, loss of appetite. I couldn't even eat my usual fufu. <laughs> you and your fufu. But I hope you got tested before the malaria treatment. Yes, I did. And thanks to Malatu, I kicked out malaria one time. When malaria strikes, take Malatu, containing Arthometer and Lumifantrin. Comes in tablets and suspension for effective treatment of malaria. Great to have you back. Thank you. No problem. Malatu is suitable for adults and children. Manufactured and distributed by NS Chemist Limited. This advertisement has been vetted and approved by the FDA. 
Hello, my name is Abeku Agri Santana. If there's anything that makes my life so easy, it is my bank. I love hanging out with my boys' boys at our usual fufu joint. But even without cash, we still the job better with Ecobank Mobile. No matter the time of day, my bank helps me stay in touch with my beautiful wife whenever she's away. And when my beautiful wife is in town, she never misses out on her favorite TV shows because I'm able to pay up all my TV subscriptions from the comfort of my mobile phone. Whenever she has to get groceries too, my bank makes it cashless and convenient. And the part my wife loves the most is when my bank makes it possible and easy for her to shop from any part of the world without moving. <laughs> Welcome to the smart world of Ecobank. Download Ecobank Mobile from Google Play Store or the App Store and discover the smart way to bank. Ecobank, the Pan-African bank. Daddy, Daddy, <sighs> this tank is big. Yes, that's true. It can store a lot of water. That's so true. Wow. It has a working tortoise on it. Mm-hmm. That's so true. I can see S-I-N-T-E-X syntax. That is so true, my daughter. When it falls down, it will spoil That's not true. But why? Yay! Syntex <laughs> was the first to introduce double layer tanks in Ghana. Syntex again was the first to introduce white inner layers in Ghana. Syntex gives you the biggest warranty seven years. No matter your water needs, Syntex is the answer. Syntex tank. Are you strong? Are you tough? The other day, as I was in my kitchen preparing my special jollof made with lily rice for my family, I heard the knock at the door. It was my mechanic. Instead of calling me to pick my car, he bought it himself. I said, Cho, he said, Afro. I said, Take the car back. I will come and pick it myself. I said, Turn off the fire from under the lily jollof. There was another knock at the door. It was my neighbor. I said, Neighbor, neighbor. He said, Afro, my dog has jammed your wall again, oh. I said, Don't be silly. You don't have a dog. My wife and kids came home and we saw that he enjoyed. Cho. It was my pastor. He said, bless you. I said, bless you too. He said, did he come to church on Saturday? I said, Acho, but uh, why are you coming to tell me this on Wednesday? Having to fend off visitors at mealtimes because of Lele's tasty aromatic rice? Celebrate every mealtime by sharing with friends and family near or far. Lele, tasty food, happy family. This advert is it. The National Cathedral Project Secretariat has refuted claims of a lack of needed audit by Archbishop Nicholas Duncan Williams and Reverend Eastwood Anaba as their stated grounds for resigning from the Board of Trustees overseeing the construction of the cathedral. We'll bring you details from the Secretariat, but first, Joy News' features editor Jojo Kobner takes you down memory lane to when Archbishop Nicholas Duncan Williams wholeheartedly supported the construction of the cathedral and asks what really happened for him to withdraw his support. We therefore pray that his hands 
will not be weary and his hands will be strengthened to execute this charge of elohim will receive divine enablement and fortification and stamina a stirring prayer from archbishop duncan williams a member of the board of trustees of the national cathedral on the 6th of march 2017 a catholic priest then blessed the national cathedral grounds with sprinkles of holy water all was set for the construction of the national cathedral archbishop duncan williams on his fundraising rounds pledged to support the president to fulfill his promise to god i had the opportunity to meet him in his office and i said mr president uh, can you explain to me this national cathedral where is it coming from and after hearing him and i looked him in the eye and looking into his eye i could see into the soul and when he said it was a vow i made to god and i need you to join the team to help me honor that vow i knew that it was a god thing unfortunately some notable members of the board of trustees have resigned the founder and general overseer of the icgc dr mesa otabel resigned the founder and presiding bishop of the lighthouse group of churches bishop darkyward mills also resigned the latest to resign are duncan williams and reverend eastwood anaba in a joint statement Archbishop Duncan Williams and Reverend Anaba said their decision to step down stems from government's failure to appoint an independent accountant firm to conduct a comprehensive audit of all public funds contributed to the National Cathedral. On 23rd of January this year, the two clergymen called for the project's immediate suspension and a financial audit. The preachers say not much has been heard in terms of their request so they have resolved to step down from the project board the president made a personal donation of hundred thousand cities and said that the government would provide land the idea is for the state of ghana to bequeath the land to the project on which we are and for the financing and funding of the project to come from within the christian community and the community of all believers in ghana but later, the government was generous enough to donate seed money totaling 339 million cities. The government voted 80 million cities in the 2023 budget for the construction of the National Cathedral. But the minority kicked against it. Member of Parliament for North Tong, Samuel Okujito Ablakwa, has been a firm critic of the project. When you tell us that the role of the state is just appointment of the architect and design team, which, by the way, is, is, is fresh information, mm. it was not contained in any of the budget documents, land and this preparation, setting up and equipping the secretariat and seed money, you are not being particularly candid. The government continues with this opacity and the lack of full disclosure. As of June 2022, the National Cathedral Secretariat revealed that various churches and denominations had donated 2.21 million cities. Unfortunately, four significant church leaders have resigned from the board. How will this impact the National Cathedral's efforts to raise money? Ghanaians are generous, especially when it comes to giving to the church. So if only 2.21 million cities has been realized from various churches, then what does this mean?
Jojo Kobner, Joy News. Well, the board uh, has released, or the secretary has released a statement in reaction to this. Let's share with you um, some part of it. Now, it says the attention of the secretary of the National Cathedral Project has been drawn to a letter addressed to the president cited in the media before board members received copies of the resignation of two of the members of the board, Archbishop Nicholas Duncan Williams and Reverend Eastwood Anaba. The reason given in the letter for their resignation is said to be the lack of any information whatsoever following their January 23, 2023 resolution calling for an audit of the National Cathedral Project and the complete cessation of work on the project. First, following the presentation of the resolution to the January 23, 2023 meeting of the board, which the board rejected but which still found its way to the media, both Archbishop Duncan Williams and Reverend Eastwood and about fully participated by Zoom in an emergency meeting the next day, 24th January 2023, to develop a press release on the issue. The press release included information on the audit, which was to be conducted by the international audit firm Deloitte. Uh, following this, the engagement letter for Deloitte to officially begin the audit was drafted and signed by Deloitte on March 27, 2023, and set up on their system on May 17, 2023. The expectation was that the first part of the audit was to be completed in July 2023. The audit process so far can be confirmed with the auditors Deloitte. Now, the board was constantly updated on the process through the chairman and the steering committee, as well as the executive director's reports to the meetings of the board. For instance, the executive director's report to the June 5, 2023 meeting included the following update on the audit. Quote, Three financial audit, the auditors, Deloitte, are currently in the middle of the audit and are receiving the cooperation of the secretariat, unquote. So these are snippets of the response to the resignation of um, Archbishop Nicholas Duncan Williams and Reverend Eastwood Anaba from the board. Now to other stories. The special prosecutor, Kisye Jabeng, has stated that his office has not retreated from their efforts to request the chief justice to change the judge presiding over the case involving former sanitation minister Cecilia Dapa. On October 12th, the office of the special prosecutor accused the judge of showing prejudice against the office of the special prosecutor and the OSP's person. Consequently, the office requested Getri Tokonu to either have the judge recuse himself or remove him from all the cases pending before him. There was, however, confusion in court over whether the OSP had withdrawn the petition before the Chief Justice or not. Richard Kwajonyaku was in court and gives us an account of what transpired in court. Draped in a modest knee-length dress, complemented by a pair of sophisticated glasses, Madame Cecilia Dapa carried herself with an air of quiet confidence. She had a black handbag with a black shoe to match. Outside the court, she was sandwiched between her lawyers. This is the third time she's been seen in court. The two previous times, she came in the company of her husband. She held hands and helped her husband, who was using a walking stick to his seat. The two fixated their gaze on the proceedings. The criminal and civil cases were adjourned on the 12th of October when the OSP filed the petition before the Chief Justice asking the judge sitting on the case, Justice Edward Chum, to recuse himself because the judge had been biased not only to the office of the Special Prosecutor but to the person of the OSP. 
the expectation today was that a determination would have been reached by the CJ either for the judge to continue or the judge asked to recuse himself from the case. Dr. Isido, who represented the OSP, announced in court that they had filed two applications. The first was an application for certiorari before the Supreme Court to quash the ruling of the judge on the abridgment of time, and the second was an application for stay of proceedings. The lawyer for Madam Cecilia Rapa, Victoria Bath, responded, but first wanted to seek clarity from the judge whether a decision had been made on the petition before the Chief Justice. The judge, Justice Ejo Chum, then gave the clarity. He said he had been informed that the petition before the Chief Justice had been withdrawn. Victoria Bad noted that the back and forth by the OSP is an orchestrated plan by the OSP to delay or flee the hearing of his own application, which is causing incalculable injuries to Madame Cecilia Dapa and infringing upon her economic rights. She noted that the OSP's press release on 16 October 2023 announcing that it had unfrozen five bank accounts of Madame Cecilia Dapa was empty. She maintained that the only bank account that Madame Cecilia Dapa has is what is on the application before the court. And they don't know any five bank account the OSP is referring to as accounts that are not tainted and to single-handedly unfreeze those bank accounts. Lawyers for Madam Cecilia Rapa challenged the legitimacy and the power of the OSP in prosecuting the former minister as far as the criminal matter pending before the court was concerned. Victoria Bad noted that the offence in the charge sheet is not one that the OSP has the mandate to prosecute, and even if he did, he has not produced the authorization of the AG to prosecute this particular offence. It is also their submission that the power of the AG cannot be inferred from Section 4.2, but must be tangible and visible for the court to see. Counsel for the OSP, Dr. Isidore, then signaled that he had an indication that the OSP has not officially withdrawn the petition. Two parties then went into the judge's chamber, and the judge, after five minutes of adjournment, announced that the OSP says he has not officially withdrawn his application. The matter has been adjourned to the 25th of October, where the application for stay of proceedings would be heard. It is presumed that the CJ would have determined the petition before him by that time. Reporting for joining us from the court complex, Richard Kwejonyako. A headmaster of the Wenchi Methodist Senior High School, very Reverend Chumesi Ampofo, has admonished stakeholders in the education sector to help institute measures that would improve the performance of the school, particularly in the National Science and Math Quiz. The headmaster, who was delivering an address to mark the 60th anniversary of the school, also called on government to complete abandoned school buildings to solve the school's infrastructure challenges. Established in the year 1963, the Wenchi Methodist Senior High School currently has a student population of 2,235 with a total of 200 teaching and non-teaching staff. Headmaster of the school, very reverend Chumesi Ampof, who was delivering an address to climax the 60th anniversary of the school, bemoaned some difficulties bedeviling the small training of the school. He was quick to note that the school is instituting structures capable of improving its performance generally and asked that more needs to be done to improve the performance of the school, particularly in the National Science and Math Quiz. General Chairman, this is one area that all stakeholders wish to share something positive about our performance. This is our dream as management, staff and students. We are doing all we can to achieve this dream. We are surely not there yet, but we are on course. 
In this very year, our school team was denied qualification to the national level by Suset, who beat us to the second position by four points. He however admonished stakeholders within the school, including all students, to support the school as it works towards building a more resilient science and math team. I wish, however, to say that success in the quiz requires more than normal classroom work. It requires more than average science students. It requires dedicated and well-motivated teachers and students ready to go the extra mile. It requires additional science equipment and facilities to get to this point. The schools that are making it big in this context see it as a project. And I therefore call on all parents, as well as and all stakeholders to come and support us in this regard. Speaking on behalf of the Minister of Education, Deputy Education Minister in charge of technical, vocational education and training, Gifty Chum Ambofo promised management of the School of Government's resolve towards improving secondary education across the country and asked that the school's abandoned and completed projects will be addressed to help solve the school's infrastructural challenge. Concerns about projects ongoing. And I was glad when he said at least now the dining hall, the boys' dormitory is ongoing, and in which that you're going to have some furniture. I'm glad to respond that under the quality education with free SHS, whenever a dormitory is built, the dormitory is furnished with beds, not just beds, but beds with mattresses. So near the project is completed. Beds with mattresses will be supplied to the facility. Likewise, the dining hall. That is what we're trying to do slowly. On his part, First Deputy Speaker of Parliament, who is also an old student of the school, Joseph Osewusu, admonished pupils of the school to believe in themselves and work towards achieving academic excellence irrespective of their location. We are happy that this school is 60 years. We are also showcasing what 60 years of schooling has produced. Students, former students are here where we have gotten to in our respective careers and also to give hope to young people here that it doesn't matter where you are, you can make the best of your situation and achieve what your life purpose is. The 60th anniversary of the Wenchi Methodist Senior High School was held under the theme Building on 60 Years of Quality Education, the Rule of Stakeholders. Anna Sabet, Joy News, Quench. Our country director for Action Aid Ghana, John Nkau, has emphasized the need for banks and government to shift their financing from fossil fuels to agricultural activities. Additionally, he encouraged farmers to use organic materials for their crops. He was speaking at a national climate change conference and the launch of a new Action Aid International Research Report in Ghana. Action Aid Ghana is an affiliate of Action Aid, a global justice federation working to achieve social justice, gender equality and poverty eradication in over 45 countries. Action Aid works to strengthen the capacity and agency of people living in poverty and exclusion, especially women, 
to assert their rights. Action Aid Ghana, over the years, used its HRBA approach to empower and mobilize smallholder women farmer groups, including vulnerable groups, to demand their rights, including engaging duty bearers to help them improve their resilience to climate change. Speaking to Joy News, the country director for ActionAid Ghana, John Inkau, emphasized the need for banks and the government to shift their financing from fossil fuels to agriculture activities. Additionally, he encouraged farmers to use organic materials for their crops. Into a lot more farmers now getting adopted or addicted to the use of chemicals, which in the long-term effect is making them reduce their food yield and therefore this conference is also calling on farmers to uh, be well informed about the use of chemicals to be well informed about the use of fertilizer and move to the use of organic uh, uh, matter that will ensure that they have sustainable agriculture and then they'll be able to secure their livelihoods they'll be able to make a lot more income to take care of their children and then to save the earth some smallholder farmers urged Ghanaians to consider small-scale farming at home for improved consumption and adopt natural fertilizers for sustainable agricultural practices. This collective effort can contribute to climate change adaptation and build more resilient communities. When it comes to climate change, we, the smallholder women farmers, we, we are suffering because North it is only rain fed that we are farming only once in the year and we don't we, uh, we don't know what we are going to do now because if not because of action aid people have come to teach us how to prevent our distance like what to do and change our climate and you know? then for that one day we, we don't know what to do now the usage of those chemicals are not really gone down with um, the farmers. As, as much as possible, they should be able to be educated on the right usage of those chemicals. But then the solution that I think is the way forward is that we should try as much as possible to create green spaces in our various homes. Number one, we should start the process of feeding yourself. We must always leave green spaces in our home. Investment Limited. All right, time for us to do showbiz, and uh, you know who is in the house. Who's in the I've, house? I've, I've, I've missed you for like how many days? I missed you too. High yeah. five, baby. Baby girl. High five, baby. You know, the, the, what, I mean, the, the one I, I love you by, by your name is the 
Korean. Is it Korean or what? It's Karen. Korean. Yeah. Oh, Karen. Yeah. I thought you would love the yali. Yeah, yeah, yali. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's my it's my own word. thing. You know, it's your own thing. Kodie. Okay. Ah. What odako kodie? Ah, better. Which of is your school in the NSMQ? Um, you know what? My school is in their own league. Okay. Um, you know, they are yeah. resting. So you're not alone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know. Anyway, <laughs> so let's begin with uh, the Ghana Tourism Authority. Okay. Um, so I've got news for enterprises or individuals mm. who are running tourism enterprises that haven't been uh, regularized or licensed okay. by the GTA. Mm-hmm. So what it is, is they're set to embark on a nationwide clampdown oh. on tourism enterprises that are not licensed. And uh, uh, the Deputy Chief Executive has more in this presser. Section 25 says that the authorities shall register and license tourism enterprises and site. And then we say tourism enterprises, uh, we mean the hotels, we mean the guest houses, we mean the spas, we need the traditional catering establishment, the drinking bars, the travel and tour agencies, car rentals, uh, those that are doing Airbnb and all the units that deals with uh, the tourism uh, uh, establishment. So on 29th September, we advertise, and I'm sure you have copies of the press release, telling all those that are not registered by the Ghana Tourism Authority to, to regularize their operations. We even informed them that we're going to embark on enforcement sites on the 10th October. Why is it that drivers will not drive when they don't have license, driving license? But people decide to operate accommodation, food and beverage, entertainment enterprises without operational license. And that's what we are supposed to do. So the exercise will start tomorrow. And then we will make sure that units that do not have the operational licenses of the Ghana Tourism Authority are prosecuted. We cannot take the laws into our hands. So we'll be working with the Ghana Police Service. So there you have it. Uh, but away from that, let's talk about Nigerian actor RMD, Richard Damijo. I mean, I love him. And over the he's weekend, a, he's a very suave person. But so you yeah. love him too? Yeah, I like him. Okay, you yeah. like him. Yeah, You're like playing him. safe, huh? Anyway. No, I like him. Anyway, <laughs> so over the weekend, he was in Ghana and attended the eighth, you know, Emmy Awards mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, passed through the blue carpet, which was hosted by our very own Dorian Aviu. Oh. And uh, they had a conversation about his latest film, uh, The Black Book. Have oh. you watched it? I haven't, but I've had a lot oh, of Oh, you should watch it. it. Yeah. It's an excellent film. And so, yeah, you should watch it on Netflix. This weekend. Yeah, you should. And so, uh, yeah, they had an interaction and there you have it. But this has completely broken the glass ceiling. I mean... We were number one in South Korea, <laughs> number one in Hong Kong. What, what are we doing there? So it's, it's just been a film that has kept giving and giving. I've gotten awards even in the third week. I'm already being honored by it. So um, I'm glad that all the hard work paid off. Congratulations on that. Thank you. All right. Right. So, so away from Richard, I'm um, bringing you a rather sad story, Mr. Ibu. So,
So apparently he's been bed bedridden for oh, really? two weeks. Yeah, he's battling. Uh, we understand diabetes and is on the verge of losing his legs. Oh, so that's him soliciting for funds. Um, you know, for all well wishes. <laughs> if you're a fan of Mr. Abel, he made your oh, childhood. I'm a big fan. Right. So you oh. should you should contribute to you know making him better. But anyway, let's listen to what he has to say. The medical director on this hospital said uh, and the best solution is in case his new idea didn't work, the best idea is to cut off my leg. Just see me. If they cut off my leg, where will I go to? Where will I go to? Where, where do I go from here? Please, please, be on the prayers for me. Talk to God Almighty. I don't want my leg to be cut up. Please. Thank you so much. God bless. Right. So uh, that was Mr. But really a sad story. Yeah, really. But, uh, really. Yeah, you should. I, I really, I, I, I know that the Nigerians will come through for him. Of course. I mean, Davido, Davido. I know mm. Davido, Obi Kubana, and a few other would, you know, Nigerians. Yeah, yeah. They would do it. They would do it. They would do it. Yeah. So let's let's hope for the best. It's the power of togetherness. When right. we come together, the things right. we can do in, in right. this world. Right. Yes. Yeah. All right, and that's how we wrap up the bulletin for you. Uh, there's more news on myjoyonline.com. We'll hand over to. Uh, Emma Davis to bring you time. Vet Investment Limited. Betway is your gateway to a theme park full of gaming excitement. A whirlpool of wonder where your favorite games come to life. Where you can take to the skies with max payouts that reach into the millions. All in the palm of your hand. Visit betway.com.gh. Terms and conditions apply. Betway is regulated by the Gaming Commission of Ghana. No under 18. Bet responsibly. Betway. Bet your way. Life beautiful. Embrace it with the all-new Ahuofe from GTP Life. Kwajo, why are you late? Yes, Kwajo, why are you late again? Kwajo, can't you talk? See, mommy, I could lie like Ama and say I was doing my own work with my friends. Or lie like Ama and say I was helping grandma buy food. Mommy, I will not lie like Amma. I was playing with my friends, and that is why I'm late. Homework now. Thank you for not lying to me. 
Your Calipo is in the fridge. Calipo, the natural fruit juice drink. Of the you know that time. This advert is FDA approved. <laughs> Hi, now let me share my wildlife experience with you at Safari Valley Eco Park. Welcome to Safari Valley Eco Park. Our electric shuttle pulled up and in no time our tour began. We were surrounded by wildlife from the moment we entered the Eco Park. We were greeted by experienced tour guides who took us through orientation and how to better enjoy the experience. Watch these animals roam freely in their natural habitat, undisturbed by our presence. We saw zebras, sable antelopes, brown cranes, mara, silky chicken, nalas, Shetland ponies, and so many animals I just couldn't keep up. Our tour guides taught us so much about the wildlife, their behavior, and how to interact with them. I even fed them. We also went fishing on a man-made canal. Then we took a break to have lunch in this serene environment. All this amazing experience for this prize for adults? This prize for teenagers. It's a bargain. As the sun began to set, it was time to go back home, but not before dinner by the campfire. It has been a thrill of a lifetime, and I can't wait till my next visit. Safari Valley Eco Park, bringing you closer to nature. Business segments is brought to you by Ecobank, the Pan African Bank. It's time you switch to Bell Park today. Welcome to Prime Business with me, Emma Davis. President Kufuado has expressed optimism that the Ghanaian economy is rebounding despite the shocks experienced in his administration. According to him, inflation, which is the major driver, is gradually declining, thus projecting a positive economic outlook. He is therefore convinced of hitting a single-digit inflation target before his tenure in office ends in 2024. Samuel has more.
We'll bring you that in our subsequent bulletins. Meanwhile, the producer price inflation, which measures the rate of changes in prices at the production level for the month of September 2023, fell by 3.1% to 25.1%. According to figures from the Ghana Statistical Service, the producer price inflation in the industry sector decreased to 26.6% in September 2023, from 30.4% in August 2023. In the manufacturing sector, the PPI was estimated at 16%. In the services sector, the rate increased from 15.5% in August 2023 to 16.1% in September 2023. Tax consultant Francis Simoboy has reiterated calls to the Ghana Revenue Authority to engage players in the informal sector on tax collection. Spare parts dealers at Abusokai in the Greater Accra region say they will close down their shops on November 1st to protest actions by GRE. But Mr. Timoboy believes collaboration with the relevant associations will end this impasse. Is that discussion that there's intimidation in the tax system. It doesn't send a good signal to those who want to invest in, in, in this country. So I believe that we should have done some engagement either through education, making the taxpayers understand that this is a compliance tool that the GR is embarking. But for some reason, we, we couldn't get to this level and we are told that they want to embark on demonstration by closing their shops down. Hmm. I think there's a room for us to do that engagement so that we can avert this uh, closure of business, which will affect both government and then the, the taxpayer, uh, I mean, the businesses as well. So I think that between now and November, what the leadership of both uh, group, the, I mean, the tax authorities and then the, the traders association should do is to come together and understand if there's a way that the GRA can still ensure compliance without being in their offices, so be it. Globally, voluntary tax compliance is the best. But you see, in in an informal environment like this, sometimes there are some people who simply say they will not comply, especially if they don't feel that their taxes are being used to, to the level that they want. So GRA needs to really break the issues down and see how the issue can be resolved. Mm. Demonstration will not change the law. I mean, the law cannot be changed overnight if they close their shops down. In a bid to take full advantage of the automotive industry, government says it is in the process of developing an automotive component manufacturing development policy. This, it believes, will attract investments from component manufacturers to feed into the local automotive industry. Speaking at the launch of the first ever assembly plant of Ashok Leyland Phoenix Trucks, Deputy Minister of Trade and Industry Michael Ochubrefi stated that the policy will enhance the availability of certified parts and drive the export of made in Ghana vehicles under after. To accelerate and break into the top 10 global commercial vehicle market, Ashok Leyland has expanded its presence into a resilient light commercial vehicle with a new generation Phoenix platform. To this end, the company has assembled its maiden Ashok Leyland Phoenix trucks here in Ghana at Rana Motors assembling plant. Speaking to Joy Business at the launch of the new trucks, 
Deputy Minister of Trade and Industry, Michael Otribefi, stated that the coming on board of Ashok Leyland Phoenix Trucks into Ghana's automotive industry will complement government's effort of developing an automotive component manufacturing development policy. These companies are doing so, including even uh, Rana Motors, are, are, are working hard as far as the, the policy is concerned, working hard to be able to uh, champion the cause of, of government in the area of automobile development. We are sure that within the shortest possible time, Ghana will become the automotive development hub in stop region. You know Ghana already as a gateway to West Africa. And also with the coming into force of the African Continental Free Trade area, it also gives us a different leverage, able to enter the markets in the sub-region easily. So these assemblies can use Ghana as a hub, I mean a manufacturing point, to springboard into the other West African countries. On his part, Head of International Operations at Ashok Leyland, Rajash R. said the assembling of Ashok Leyland Phoenix trucks in Ghana will afford their business partners a seamless transportation experience. Ashokland has always been in the forefront of creating technologies for the world and we actually want to partner with more and more companies across the globe today. And we already have manufacturing facilities spread across in Asia, the Middle East and Africa. And this is, we want to proudly present across this assembly plant in Ghana right now. And we are assembling the, the made in uh, Ghana, the proudly assembled Phoenix products across here. This is the ninth assembly plant for Ashokland across the globe today. Chief Operating Officer of Rana Motors, Kasem Odimat, explains to Joy Business what sets Ashok Leyland Phoenix apart from other trucks. It has a very uh, good engine that uh, uh, that it's a 1,500cc turbocharged diesel engine that has a very good fuel efficient. Uh, it's a very good uh, fuel efficient engine. Also, it has a 80 horsepower, it, uh, so it's a strong engine. At the same time, it can carry goods up to two tons with this size. Uh, so. For us, we believe that it's a good uh, model that can serve uh, the Ghanaian uh, community and the Ghanaian uh, uh, business community. The Ashok Leyland Phoenix Trucks comes with a class-leading five-year or 500,000 kilometers warranty, underscoring the trust in its quality. Let's talk insurance now, as the Insurance Brokers Association of Ghana has urged the public to engage insurance brokerage firms to help eliminate issues associated with late payment of claims. Speaking at the launch of the Insurance Brokers Awareness Month, President of the Association, Shaibu Ali, said engaging brokers could help erase negative perceptions about difficulties in paying claims. Here's more. Insurance broking remains an unfamiliar term to the average Ghanaian. With insurance penetration at a lower level in the country, a lot of education is needed. In view of this, the Insurance Brokers Association of Ghana, IBAC, has launched a month-long campaign to educate the public on the importance of insurance brokerage. Speaking to Joy Business at the launch, the president of the group, Shaibu Ali, stressed the importance of insurance brokerage on eliminating bottlenecks associated with insurance processes. So the education is just to enlighten the public about insurance broking. Make sure that your use of insurance services is seamless, is problem-free, and most importantly, when you have a claim, you don't have issues because the difficulties about insurance hinges on claims in this country. 
if you go on Radio Rana, everybody is talking about a claim that was that happened and it wasn't paid. It was paid, but it wasn't fully paid. If you have a broker to walk you through the process, you will see that these problems will be minimized. This is what he had to say on the need for businesses to engage insurance brokers. We are letting people know about insurance and we are letting people know about broking because there are a lot of benefits to using a broker. You can go to an insurance company to buy a policy. You don't have a technical eye. You don't understand insurance. You won't even know the policy they are selling to you. Is it the correct policy? Are you paying the right price? Is it the correct company you are paying from? And the problems come when there's a claim. When there's a claim, that's where you start to see the real issues. That's where you go to the policy document and you realize, I should have done this, I should have done that, I should have done that, which I didn't do. So we are seeking to let people know that, look, if you want to concentrate on your core activity and leave your insurances, the best thing to do is get an insurance broker, hand over all your insurance needs to him, he would look at you, do an assessment of what you do and come out with your insurance needs. The acting commissioner of the National Insurance Commission, Michael Kofi Andor, called for the use of technology to increase reach and capture the youthful economy. The National Insurance Commission, we are trying to draw up a regulatory framework around the tech platforms so that we can mitigate the risks that come from selling insurance on the tech platforms. And insurance companies are investing in these technologies to enable them to, to sell insurance and that is why I was admonishing the brokers to also begin to because we want to promote their services and majority of Ghanaians are young people who are pro-tech and so it is important that they begin to deploy technology in, 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 in offering their services. The Awareness Month will focus on enlightening consumers on claims processes. The month will also be marked by media engagement as well as various activities across the country. Sophia of Adidome, Toby Kosinyi Kakaklolo Ajumande Fifth is pushing for the establishment of an effective disaster fund that will help deal with major crises in the country. He says a fund like that can help alleviate the suffering of affected people. The chief was speaking to the press after the Tanker Owners Union of Ghana donated relief items worth 500,000 CDs to the affected residents. There's more in this report. The flooding of various communities in the Volta region has stoked a debate on the preparedness of the country to handle disasters of that magnitude. Thousands of people have been dislodged from their homes, exposing them to many dangers. With NADMO, the country's disaster management organization, struggling to contain the situation, Tobe Kosinyi Kakaklolo Ajimanda Fifth, the Dufia of Adidome, says at this time the nation considers establishing a workable disaster fund. I know that we've been talking about disaster funds here and there, but I think that this, what has happened... The week ends. The errands begin. Instacart has a huge selection of household essentials beyond groceries. So whether you need bags of avocados or bags of mulch, cans of tomatoes or cans of tennis balls, Instacart can deliver whatever you need so you get time and energy back to spend your weekends doing what you love. Visit Instacart.com or download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time, minimum order $10. Additional terms apply. Instacart. Add life to cart. Now, should tell us something that as a nation, as a country, we need to have a proper disaster management fund. 
So I'd like to appeal to the government. I know the, uh, the NADBO is quite stretched. Here, again, maybe corporate Ghana would also have to come in. Individuals will need to come in so that we all support. According to him, such a fund can help in dealing with the aftermath of such a disaster. So that such funds, when such things happen, imagine that the water recedes and then goes. What becomes of those who have lost their farms, those who have lost their homes? Some homes are broken down. Such funds could be, I mean, could, could, could be tapped into and given to people, who, those who have lost their capital, their money, they could give them certain capitals that can get them back on their feet. The Tanker Owners Union of Ghana, responding to pleas for help, has donated 500,000 cities worth of relief items to the affected resident Ignacio Skokudo is executive secretary of the union. It's our hope and aspiration that uh, we have been able to alleviate part of their suffering. Because in the midst of all this, in fact, there will be hunger, there will be no food. People don't have any access to food now. People don't have any access to anything. So we believe that this is a small token that the tanker owners union, as well as our drivers who are supportive of our job, to present to our uh, brothers and sisters, mothers, sisters, kids, and elders of uh, North Tongue, Central Tongue, Toby Kakaklolo Ajiman, the faith, and one other resident expressed their gratitude to the Tanka Owners Union for their kind gesture. I must say, in fact, I am really, really surprised when I saw that number of items that are being offloaded. Um, it is a very great gesture from them. I uh, would like to say a big thank you to the Tanka Owners Union, together with their drivers, the, the union, uh, that's, that's their driver's union. We tell the Tanka Owners Union that, go, uh, we thank them for what they did to us. They hear us, they hear our crying, then they came here to give us this plain thing. We say God richly bless them. Benevolent individuals and organizations are still being called upon to help the affected residents cope with the situation. For your news. I am Samuel Kujabrois. Now more airlines have expressed interest in operating in Ghana. This is according to the Deputy Director General at the Ghana Civil Aviation Authority, Daniel Aqua. According to him, the country's quest to become an aviation hub has attracted more international and regional flights as they consider Ghana's regime as favoring their business operations. He spoke to Joy Business when Nigerians Ibom Air commenced regional flights from Lagos to Accra. It's not Ghana dipping. Um, Ghana used to be the highest. We've been the reigning champion for about three to four years since 2019, April. That is having an effective implementation of the International Civil Aviation Organization's um, standards and recommended practices. Ghana was at 89.89% and just recently, a couple of weeks back, South Africa went through the audits and had about 92%. So Ghana hasn't actually dipped, just that another country's effective implementation has um, increased. But Ghana is still working hard towards that and we are expecting another audit most probably in 2025. 
and we believe we are going to go higher than that. Yeah, for the flights, we have airlines still locking at our doors, but as to when they are ready will be the question. Um, I can't really tell them of airlines for now. And even internally, we have also others knocking on adults to establish new airlines internally. Let's talk agriculture as the Food and Agriculture Organization is making a strong case for Ghana to reassess its national food buffer stock company. According to the FAO, this is necessary to address the challenges affecting Ghana's food security. Senior Water Development and Management Officer of FAO, Inzimani Valer, says this can be done through effective and efficient promotion of technologies and innovation. There's more in this report. The World Food Day focuses on different aspects of food security and agriculture, including fishing communities, climate change, and biodiversity. This year's event was to raise awareness about the importance of equal access to food and water for everyone on the planet. Prioritize water in policy and planning. You see, everyone is saying water is important. When you talk about water, everyone, no one will deny, you know. But you see in the policy and what they are doing, is it water a priority? And you see in the financing what they are doing, is it water a priority? So government and institutions should really take water as a priority and put it in action. Uh, know your water. This is very important for institutions. Government need to invest in water tenure as assessment to ensure all people are able to access water and that they have legal security in doing so. The Food and Agriculture Organization representative to Ghana and Deputy Representative for Africa, Dr. Yedi Yasmi, called for a more robust policies to support the agricultural value chain. It's time to repurpose our investment to agriculture to ensure that we can make sure that Ghana is having uh, a you know, world's food secure future. So it is very important to, you know, for Ghana to reflect on this and FAO is ready to, to work alongside with the government to make sure that you know, our agri-food system is resilient, is ready for future shocks and we are ready to support also science and innovation. This year's World Food Day was under the theme, Water is Life, Water is Food. Leave no one behind. Some civil society organizations and stakeholders in the fishery sector are calling for policies that will protect women in farming from engaging dubious real estate agents. Recent reports have shown that some women in the agri sector have been lured to, re to release their farmlands to real estate agents without proper documentation. Speaking to Joy Business, Center Manager for the DAA Fisheries Training Center, Emilia Norte, cautioned local authorities to desist from such acts. Yes, more. The civil society group said the action by these real estate players could cause a threat to Ghana's food security. Emilia Norte called on government to support these farmers. With our farmers, the challenge that our farmers are having now is the real estate developing and building of houses on farmlands. 
That is a big challenge for our farmers. They are complaining. All their farmlands are being sold for housing projects, and they are having lesser and lesser acreages to crop. So that has also been posed a challenge. Apart from the 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 climate change also that is affecting them, the fact that the chiefs and the owners of the land are selling the the land to real estate developers is also a challenge to them. Nothing can be done if, if, if the government will come in and then de- declare that this area is only for farming and not for housing projects. It will be well. But if the government leaves the thing to, you know, in Ghana, the government doesn't own land. That is our problem. Director in charge of finance and administration at the Ministry of Fisheries and Aquaculture Development, Rosemary Abay, pledged their outfit commitment in addressing the challenges faced by these farmers. It also highlights the challenges and opportunities that rural women face in the context of the current global crisis that threaten their livelihood and well-being. Distinguished ladies and gentlemen, for the fisheries and aquaculture sector, the Food and Agriculture Organization state of the World's Fisheries and Aquaculture Report of 2022 estimated that women account for 28% of the workforce in aquaculture, 18% in fisheries, and 50% across the pre- and post-service sections of the value chain. In Ghana, women's participation in the fisheries and aquaculture is estimated to be at 40%. The role of women is important in fisheries and aquaculture because they add value to fresh fish through processing, marketing, and distribution. The event was under the theme, Rural Women Cultivating Good for All. The Ghana Netherlands Business and Culture Council organized a 10-day horticulture business challenge to empower tertiary students and, position, and potential entrepreneurs in the field of agriculture. According to the general manager of the council, the project is aimed at bridging the skills gap in Ghana and also provide valuable graduates for companies in Ghana. This challenge presents an opportunity for tertiary students to provide business solutions to real problems faced by Dutch Ghanaian companies. It also provides the students with the opportunity to acquire practical skills in the field of horticulture. In an interview, General Manager of the Ghana Netherlands Business and Culture Council, Jalen Wiada, retreated his outfit commitment towards bridging the gap between theoretical and practical agricultural studies. Research has seen in Ghana that there is uh, when you interview companies that there's a skill gap so companies are uh, wanting to have certain skills and they are missing that in the students who come from a university or school that's um, you know nestle is a big multinational company here in ghana and they have started a training uh, for the employees the new employees who are going to start to work to them but they test them first so they had like 10 people and they got like a training short training program and only from the 10 they, they took in three but the other seven are good because they did a training program and then we saw that uh, other companies saw that they did that training program and they said oh you've done that Nestle training program we, 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 we want you uh, in so we, we, we're trying to do the same thing with all these kind of programs to basically assist the students to be more valuable for companies and that, uh, that, is, that we basically work against that skill gap. 
Project manager at the Ghana Netherlands Business Culture Council, Tracy Mains, explains the project and its intended impact. So it's a 10-day program and then the aim is that after participants have gone through this program, they'll gain practical skills that would augment their theoretical studies in school. So participants would gain access to coaches, participants would gain access to entrepreneurs, very well-established entrepreneurs in the field. They would also go through practical sessions in agriculture, in horticulture, to get their hands dirty in the ground, see how things are done on the ground. That's how we draw the curtain tonight on Prime Business. My name is Emma Davis. For more business news, log on to myjoyonline.com. Have a good evening. The business segment was brought to you by Ecobank, the Pan-African Bank. It's time you switch to Bell Park today. of my Fruitelli. It's a kosher home. Would you like my Fruitelli? Fruitelli, all natural fruit juice and the perfect way to the heart. Who loves you because of your Fruitelli? This advert is FD. In life, Choice is good, but Choice Plus Safety is way better. Your safety and comfort is paramount. Under the cylinder recirculation model, you can buy LPG in a safe environment. All cylinders are inspected and maintained to the best safety standards, so your safety is assured. Just take your empty cylinder to the nearest exchange point and swap it for a filled cylinder. Different cylinder sizes will be available to meet your pocket size. Imagine cooking in a smoke-free environment. This will improve the health and well-being of you and your family. Choose LPG in a safer model of distribution. Cylinder recirculation model. Securing your safety. Creating more jobs. A message from the National Petroleum Authority under the patronage of the Ministry of Energy. Starting this October 20th to 11th of November... The African Football League. Who is going to be crowned Africa's champion of champions and take the lion's share of the 14.4 million prize money? Catch all the games streaming at www.aflafrica and on FIFA Plus. The African Football League. Our game. Our home. Now let's shine together.
yourself to unleash even more moolah by staking from one Ghana city to 350 Ghana cities. And you could win 26 times your stake on the exciting new pick one game from Game Park. Play by dialing star 946 hash on all networks via our website or download the Game Park app. On www.gameparkgames.com Choose your pick one number from 1 to 36. Place your stake and watch our live draws on Adum TV at 9am, 12pm and 6pm daily. Hey, live life like me with Game Park. Game Park, more mula, more power. This game is regulated by the National Lottery Authority, not for persons under 18. Play responsibly. segment is brought to you by Commander DBS Industries to you. Let's go to DBS Industries. Hello, welcome to Prime Sports with me, Razak Musbao. Now, head coach of the Black Stars, Chris Eaton, remains confident about turning things around uh, despite the Black Stars' poor performance in the recent international friendly. Now, an uninspiring Black Stars were handed a thumping 4-0 defeat at the hands of USA and a 2-0 defeat in the hands of Mexico in the October international friendly. Now, a spiritless performance saw Ghana concede four goals in the first 30 minutes 39 minutes of the game against USA, handing Chris Eaton his second successive defeat in a week. It is the first time since 2007 that Ghana has conceded such number of goals. While addressing the press after the game, Chris Eaton remains confident that he's the right man to turn things around, while captain of the day, Jordan Ayew, also called for patience. Um, so, um, to your, your first part of the question, um, you are right, it's, it's a huge disappointment after, um, after a defeat against Mexico where, I would, if, if I'm being honest, I thought in the first half period in, in Mexico we was okay, um, but certainly not in, a, in the second half. What I wanted was a, a reaction today. I, I fielded a team that I, that I felt would give us um, enough um, uh, control in the middle of the park and, and enough threat up front. Um, but we conceded three goals in, I think, a 19-20 minute period. And at that stage, the game changes completely. So for a question of, of getting back into the game and, and getting goals, uh, it becomes making sure that we don't concede more. Um, all four goals we conceded, which, you know, if I'm looking at the difficulties that we've had, generally the difficulties where it's been more, it's been more about scoring goals than it has been about uh, defending. Um, but when you concede four goals in uh, a period of time, uh, and I, I would have to be honest with you, we, we had a goalkeeper that made had to make a couple of good saves. It could have been more at half time. So. Um, this is hugely, 
hugely disappointing and not something that I that I expected. All I wanted was a reaction from the last game. Um, if you're asking me if I, if I feel I'm the right person, yes, yes I do. Um, the result today is is something that is hugely disappointing. Um, we have two games in November, two big games in November, two big World Cup games in November, and it's our responsibility and my responsibility as coach to turn these bad defeats and bad performances uh, into better ones and ones where we can win both games. Well, um, to answer your question, um, first of all, um, I just feel like it's a matter, we just need a bit of more time because uh, it's a new group, a lot of new players, and most of the players are really inexperienced. So it's not easy, but we're working on it because we know we don't have time. And this type of games is a reality check. And now we know our level, and you know we have to keep working hard to to get this cohesion together and to learn how to play together and all those things. So we'll come with time, but we all know that in football there's no really time. So we're, we're pushing hard and we're trying our best to to make to have better performances as a team. And with time, it will come. Well, for the many Ghanaians who turned up to watch the Black Stars in action against the United States, they have doubts about the future of the Black Stars. The call is that the Black Stars need to improve, prepare better before next year's African Cup of Nations tournament to be staged in Ivory Coast. My colleague Fifi Manfred is with Insure FM. He joins me via Zoom all the way from Kumasi in the Ashanti region to help us appreciate exactly what needs to be done on this team uh, before the two competitive fixtures in November and the tournament in Ivory Coast in January. Fifi, thank you for making time. What needs to be done? Is it Chris Eaton who needs to be shown the door or some drastic overhaul need to take place in that squad? Thank you very much, Musbao. Um, good evening to our viewers. Um, I think that's Musbao. Um, like I said yesterday, it is not about um, hitting the axe and then making sure that you call names and sack somebody. I don't think that that's the right way to go. In the last um, five years, how many coaches have we had in this country? Mm -hmm. How many times have we not changed managers? How many times have we not called managers clueless and whatnot? And you ask yourself, where has it gotten us as a country? It means that we have been peppering over the cracks for a very long time. 
it means that we've been just using um, the shortcuts to solve a problem that we need to address holistically. Mm. And that's the problem that we have as a country. We need to look at what the root problem of our, of our issues are. But mm. in the short term, however, I think that we need to be a little bit patient with the theme. Yes, yesterday's performance was abysmal. Um, any game that you play against the US of A as, as, as a Ghanaian, you'd want to win. We have, we have history with them. We mm. always want to make sure that we are the better side when we play against them. So when you go and you look at the performance that the boys they put up on, on, on the field of play, which was a lackluster in my opinion, mm. you, you get worried as a Ghanaian. But that doesn't mean that um, we should just sack the technical team, sack the coach, and then start all over again. This is some of the problems I had when we sacked Otuado. I thought that after World Cup, we should have given him enough reason to stay. Um, yes, Otu did resign himself. He left the job. But then really, everybody in this country knew that Otu literally wasn't um, giving that support from the populace and whatnot. And, and rightly so, because mm. results were not coming. Yeah. Essentially, I think that the, 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 the back doesn't just stop with sucking the oh, Chris routine as it stands now. Mm. But you see, you just look at the game and it's on our screens. You look at the performance of the boys in 39 minutes. Like one of the Ghanaians who watched the game described it. He said they were completely unprofessional. There was seeming lack of commitment. There was seeming lack of urgency in the game. Everything that was demonstrated on the day was disappointing and embarrassing to the general Ghanaian public. In terms of the players, though, if there's any lesson that you are hoping they, can, they can take from this game, what will it be? And also just quick reaction to the comment by Jordan and you that, yes, there are some young players in that group who are equally inexperienced, and one critical thing that is needed for them is patience. Well, I disagree um, to a very large extent with um, one of the deputy captains of the team in Jordan IU. Um, because really, if you look at Greg Berhalter's USMT team that we played against yesterday, it's also a fairly young team. When we went to the World Cup and we named one of the youngest teams in the World Cup, they were also part of that group. They're also a very young group. Um, Giovanni Reina is a young player. Um, Christian Pulisic, Yunus Musa, um, Timothy Ria, um, Tim Rim, who is the general team captain. These are young USM team teams. And, 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 and to talk about the first one, I, I, I do not essentially think that we just have an inexperienced team or something. Like I said, the USMT is also an inexperienced team, fairly, compared to the amount of game time that they've had for their team. But what is the difference? The difference is that if you look at them, they have a structure. They've been playing together. They know the exact way they want to play. They've stuck to certain, a certain base of players and they are just a few. We, we chop and change almost every point in time. We chop and change formation. We chop and change managers. We chop and change players. What is the core of our team? Where do we want to, how do we want to play? We need to have a core that plays like that, stick together, so that there may be some automatism, some, um, 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 some automatic ways of playing. But we don't see that in our team because every time there are changes, and you can't call a, a, a team for, and for them to have just less than two days training on the pitch and expect them to play like prime um, England or Spain. It, it doesn't happen. It doesn't, it doesn't happen, like, especially in our part of the world. I do not agree with Andrew, Jordan Ayew on that score. Mm. But I think that going forward, one of the things that we can do is just stick to the plan. It has not worked in these last two games. We have an AFCON to go and play. Let us not get ahead of ourselves. We are not going to the AFCON to go and win the AFCON. We are building a side. The average side of the team, the average age of the team is a young one. We need to keep the, the group together. Chris Hutton, all of a sudden, did not become a, a useless coach. A coach who didn't know what he was doing. He is the coach that had the highest percentage in terms of the play, the coaches that we wanted to take. We mm. said that Otuado had not had 
any experience in terms of high level coaching and mm. we made him go now we have somebody with experience mm. so then we need to be patient yeah wait for the results to come we have enough country to prepare for so let's see it's just that when they wear the colors of the of the country of the black stars yeah the boys need to have some showing and yesterday we didn't see that at all if you matter thank you very much and of course we'll be doing more analysis about the black stars uh, as the games come they can fast. Uh, I can mention they have two game competitive games, World Cup qualifier games in November, and uh, we'll keep tabs on that. But let's talk about the great walk and the 2023 edition of the first National Bank Accra Marathon. Now, the much-anticipated Kipfit uh, event, great, great walk, did take place in Dansuman and its environs and attracted hundreds of participants. Now, the event, which is a precursor to the 2023 First National Bank Accra Marathon, was organized by the Dansuman Kipfer Club and the First National Bank with multimedia supporting. Now, Joy Sports' Gary Al Smith was there, took part in the Kipfit, and came through with this report also. It started with a warm-up at the grounds of the Dansuman Kipfit Club to get the muscles going. Soon, there were enough people to begin the great walk. An 11.2-kilometer affair through some of the main streets of Dansoman and environs. People from all walks of life came from far and near to help sensitize the public on the impending FMB Accra Marathon, which comes off on the 11th of November after six years away. The route for the walk was through the Teresa Tego Runabout, aka the Dansoman Runabout, through the Russia Road to Zongo Junction, then the Kolibu Road, Banana Inn, through Exhibition, and back through the Dansoman Main Road to the Dansoman Keep Fit Club. Once there, a public launch of the FMB Accra Marathon, slated to be for 42.2 kilometers, was done. The speeches and music were interesting, but it was 96-year-old Kofika Kraba who stole the show. Nigerian has been a long-standing member of the Keep Fit Club and he shared his secret for a longer life. Remember now thy creator in the days of thy Registration for the marathon is still in progress at www.akramarathon.com as well as star 365 star 897 hash Mohammed Salah has officially spoken on the ongoing conflict between Israel and Hamas calling for the intervention of world leaders and provision of much-needed humanitarian aid to victims of the conflict. This follows criticisms of the player by some dwellers in Egypt for his silence on the abuse, alleged abuse, on the Palestinians. It's not always easy to speak in time like this. There has been too much violence and too much heartbreaking brutality. The escalations in the recent weeks is unbearable to witness. All lives are sacred and must be protected. The massacres need to stop 
families are being torn apart. What's clear now is that humanitarian aid to Gaza must be allowed immediately. The people there are in terrible conditions. The scenes at the hospital last night were horrifying. The people of Gaza need food, water, and medical supplies urgently. I'm calling in the world leaders to come together to prevent the further slaughter of innocent souls. Humanity must prevail. Well, indeed, humanity must prevail in that situation. But let's head to Germany and connect with uh, my good friend, Chris Harrington, with DWTV, our partner station, DWTV, and Chris is stationed in Berlin, Germany at the moment. Chris, good to have you once again. Well, it is Julian Nagelsmann. He, you know, got off to a great start, you know, in their friendly against the United States of America. They won that game three goals to one, of course. In their second friendly against Mexico, it ended 2-2, but... Uh, about that first game, though, what does this mean for the team and for Julian Nagelsmann himself ahead of the Euros in 2024? Yeah, they picked up a victory. I think that was the most important thing to do. Of course, their opponent in the USA, not the stiffest opponent ahead of the European Championships, typically the European sides. You know, more seasoned in major tournaments. Uh, around the world in the U.S. have just been falling short as of late. But nonetheless, Julian Nagelsmann got it done. They scored by committee three goals to one. Uh, Christian Pulisic, a former Dolman player, netted for the American side. But uh, Gundogan, who's been sporting the captain armband as of late, full Krug and, and, and company added the three goals. You know, I, I don't know if this really indicates how good or successful Germany will fare uh, next summer. You know, because when you look at their more stiff competition, you look at Japan, you know, they got uh, defeated by Japan 4-1. I mean, it was miserable. In Japan, a team they actually lost to in Qatar. You know, I, I think when you look at the pieces, Julian Nagelsmann added to the team in terms of leadership. He's bringing back some of the older players, mixing in a couple of young ones. You know, uh, I think his time is limited. He doesn't have much time. He's going to try to get as much done as possible. And he's auditioning for a new job. We can't forget that. You know, he signed a contract that ends his tenure as Germany head coach at the conclusion of the European Championship, which means that I believe he will be trying to, you know, give a good uh, signal to the rest of the suitors out there and land in a really good job in Europe. Well, interesting there. Well, but Chris, in terms of transfer rumors, though, there's some talk about Leroy Sané and a certain potential move to Liverpool. Um, what have you picked up in relation to that? Yes, one transfer that caught my attention is Liverpool possibly making Leroy Sané the replacement for Mo Salah. Now, why would Mo Salah depart? Because Saudi Arabia is paying bags of cash for transfers, especially for players, you know, somewhat still a few, uh, a little much ga more gas in the tank, more years in, in their prime. Mo Salah would attract a huge 
uh, cost, a price tag, if he were to go, leaving a void. Liverpool has already indicated, according to reports, Leroy Sané being that major replacement. Leroy Sané, very interesting character. He did spend time in Manchester City, lit up the league, you know, even set records, you know, in, in terms uh, on the offensive category, in terms of assists and, and so on. You know, then kind of fell out of favor uh, with Pep Guardiola, came back to Bayern Munich. And uh, I do think a personal reason for Leroy Sané would motivate his move back to the Premier League because his wife, his wife wasn't happy living in Germany. She moved back to England already. I believe he transfers back and forth, commutes. You know, I think it would be a win-win situation for him. You know, and one thing Bayern would get for Leroy Sané, who's been playing, you know, in his prime right now, he's scoring goals. I think he really fits well with Harry Kane. Well, Chris, thanks so much. And, of course, we'll catch you uh, in the course of the week to, uh, you know, forecast the games. But uh, away in England, though, Newcastle have confirmed that midfielder Sandro Tonali is being investigated by the Italian prosecutor's office and the Italian Football Federation in relation to some alleged illegal betting activity. The 23-year-old was recently withdrawn from Italy's training camp. Newcastle say Tonali is cooperating with the inquiry. Uh, he and his family will continue to receive the club's full support the club uh, indicated that in the statement. Also that uh, due to this ongoing process, Sandro and Newcastle United are unable to offer further comment on the situation. That's all I have for you on Prime Sports. There's more stories on myjoeonline.com.